You're listening to Pat Gray Unleashed On Demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. And welcome to Thanksgiving week. Wow, it's hard to believe. Thursday's Thanksgiving already. Wow. Uh, Going to kick off the longest uh, Christmas season possible. Yeah. Earliest earliest possible Thanksgiving. And I already decorated the front yard uh, of my house. Yeah? Uh, nice. It's. Uh, I've noticed a lot of people already have their lights up and on. I mean, let's these, do this, man. Let's do it. Uh, let's do it. We're so just going to celebrate. celebrate. <laughs> yes. And uh, so, so they are. And, uh, you know, they're not celebrating much in Tijuana right now, though. I will say that. <laughs> There's not a lot of celebration going on. Tensions rose yesterday as hundreds of residents protested the arrival of thousands, thousands of Central American migrants who are expected to linger in the border city for months well, they as they try to claim asylum. Fast walkers, Pat. I know. I mean, they did they power walk. I know. Up to yeah, they did. The they power walked. Yeah. Okay. A little jogging uh-huh. and then some power walking. Okay. Then they jog a little more. Then they oh. power walk. Okay. Huh. Some of them just downright sprinted the whole way. Yeah. And yeah. they got here last week. Because so. I, I can see that because it's a little self conscious when you're swinging your hips to your side like this real fast, mm-hmm. you know, and you're just mm-hmm. trying not to run but yeah. not walking either. You got to be careful because you don't want to twist an ankle or something yeah. while you're power walking because that that hurts. That hurts. I've done that before, and it's uh, it's not pleasant. Whoa, that's what oh, you get I, for exercising. Yeah, for power walking, because I'm a power walker from way back. Um, so they, <laughs> yeah, they're here. Um, and gosh, it, it just seemed like they were thousands of miles away, and it was conspiracy theory that they were coming here and going to jump over fences, and and then we saw it all happen. <laughs> so. Uh, interesting that uh, Tijuana doesn't want them there. The Mexicans don't want the Central Americans there. Huh. Hmm. That seems hateful and xenophobic. Why don't they just welcome them with open arms? Yeah. Yeah. It's really sad. It's really sad. These are just good, wonderful people. Well, you, you don't want them in your, in your community? These good, wonderful, hardworking, decent family people? Huh. Whatever. Uh, ABC 10. And San Diego did a little uh, report on what's going on in Tijuana. Hmm. Here's a look at that. It's happening now at the breaking point on the other side of the border, fighting between Mexican citizens and members of the migrant caravan from Central America. Yeah, Tanya Zanka-Jumat is at the border crossing at Tijuana, talking to the residents in Tijuana who say the city has enough of its own problems. Residents we spoke to from Tijuana say that, look, they understand the plight of the migrants, but they feel uh-huh. like their city is already overwhelmed with its own issues. In Plaza Tijuana, they're already fighting. I mean, all the residents there don't want them there. Punching, kicking, and rock throwing. This brawl between Mexican nationals and members of the Central American caravans inflicting injury on both sides, including one man with a bloody eye. They're unknown. <laughs> 
That's the thing. They're unknown. They're strangers. Tijuana resident Cesar Baltazar says he's neutral on the migrants, but understands why many want them out. TJ has a lot of crime. They have a lot of murders. They have a no. lot of drug usage. What? So they don't want those problems from Central America to come over here. Everyone is in disagreement, says Georgina Parra. Aside from them trashing our city, they're making caravans outside and talking badly about Tijuana. But like many in the U.S., people of this border city are torn about how to see the migrants. I guess everybody has an idea that all of them are like that, which isn't true because there's a lot of decent families, too. And those residents we talked to also say the tension in Tijuana being ratcheted up because of the buildup along the U.S. side of the border to stop these migrants from coming into the U.S. And they fear that there will be no relief for Tijuana. Reporting along the border, Jim Patton, huh. 10 New. That's interesting. Is there a phone number these migrants could call, Ivan? Yeah, numbers. <laughs> when, when can they? When when can they make a call? Yeah, what, what, Ivan. What's the uh, country code for Honduras? <laughs> I'll give them a number to call. <laughs> I, it's not funny, but it's just uh, it's amazing how it's always us. We're always the bad guy. Uh, no matter what we do, no matter how hard we try, no, no matter no matter what. The United States of America is always the bad guy. We're always expected to do the thing that no one else in the world is expected to do. Mexico doesn't want thousands of people coming into their communities all at once. Why? Because if, like they said, they've already got enough problems. We don't in the United States. We don't have enough problems. (laughs) We're going to take on thousands more problems. Like, you know, even if these people are all wonderful, they all come here with their separate problems, with their issues. Everybody's got issues. Everyone. Every single one of these people, I guarantee they all have issues. I don't know what they are, but we're about to find out if they hop the border. And then it's too late. Too late to do anything about it. Then there are problem. Yep. So, uh, fascinating, though, that the, the, uh, the Mexicans and Tijuana... Tijuana, Tijuana. Uh, they don't want them there. Um, they got their own thing going on. We we feel for your situation. We feel for your plight. But you can't just show up at our doorstep, huh? That's kind of weird. That's sort of what other people have been saying. And you know, yes, we feel badly for your plight. But frankly, I don't even know what your plight is. I don't even know that it's real. I really don't. I, I don't doubt that you weren't prospering in Honduras, but there's billions of people on this planet not prospering. Do we just accept them all? What if they all want to come here at once and say, hey, we all want a better life. Why can just the Hondurans do it? Why can't the Vietnamese and the Chinese and the Russians and everybody in Europe and everyone in Africa and everyone in South America who is not doing well, why can't they all show up at our border at once? Let's just bring in two billion people all at once who are making less than $2 a day and will fix every single problem on this planet for them. Why not? We're America. We can do that. <laughs> right? It's ludicrous. Just, it's absolute insanity. Uh, so there was also a uh, teacher who's who's mad at immigration, uh, Chris, Christina Caramo. Um, here's what the teacher had to say. 
So I just came out of a high school that I work at and my students don't have a library. They also had tile coming off the ceiling. And you want to tell me that I'm wrong for pointing out the fact that it is totally irrational to import thousands of people from another country when we can't take care of our own citizens. Nice. I deal with so many kids every single day who come from the most dysfunctional homes that you can imagine. And some of them mm -hmm. come from wonderful homes, but their schools are failing them. But yet we have money to import people so another group can get power. Even though these Democrats who push these policies, they don't have to live with the consequences of the policies that they push. They sit there and bring people <laughs> in these communities that are already cash-strapped and suffering. That way they can drain wow. the resources of the kids who are already living here and suffering. Or they send their, their kids to a $13,000 per year private school, if not more. Where they live in gated communities behind walls. Mm -hmm. They don't have to live with the reality of the impact of illegal immigration in their communities. And they don't give a damn. Because y'all line up every year and vote for them without <laughs> fail. Even mm -hmm. though their policies are hurting your communities. Thank you. How dumb is that? <laughs> Tell me, how do we have money to take care of all the world, but so you can't great. take care of my babies here in Detroit? I, I don't want to hear that. I don't wow. want to hear that. I'm so tired of walking in. Oh, yeah, just that was abrupt. No, there's part two. Oh, okay. So that's just part one. Yeah. She's, yeah. I, I mean, I go ahead and call her a hater. Is she a hater? Is she racist? <laughs> uh, is there more? You don't know. I don't know. I'm Play so tired of walking into these schools Here we go. where the just subpar environment, mm -hmm. subpar education. It's not because the administrators are bad. It's not because <laughs> the people are all horrible. But if we could reallocate funds to mm -hmm. actually do something to make a real difference in a lot of our struggling communities, we would see a transformation in our communities. But we mm -hmm. don't. Mm -hmm. Because the, at the end of the day, the progressives do not care about these struggling communities. They want to keep them struggling because now they have a voting block. All they care woman. about is important awesome. voters while they live in their gated communities, while they live in these mm. nice homes and fly on private jets and get richer and richer and import people so they can just say, oh, look, they're racist. We're not. Come vote for us. It's <laughs> such a weak talking point. Tell me again, how am I wrong for pointing out the reality that a lot of my students are going to schools who have subpar funding? Yeah. But yet we seem to have money to import people from another country. <laughs> tell me, tell me how I'm wrong. Tell me. I, I just really want to know. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong, Christina. That's uh, that's all true and nicely put. I mean, that's and and they're going to have a tougher time yelling and screaming at her about being racist and being horrible and being a xenophobe. Uh, because that's an. I don't know if you notice this. It's not a white person. What? So. Uh, you know, if it's a white person saying all that, ah, you're just a hater. You're just a racist. You're just a xenophobe. Ah, you're a fear monger. But if it's a black person saying it, it's a little bit different. Puts a little bit different spin on the whole thing. I mean, they're just bringing chaos uh, wherever they've gone so far. Yeah, and, and a lot of times you'll hear, um, if it's a social need or something, you'll say, well, why aren't we spending money on the poor? Why aren't we taking care of this need in the community mm -hmm. when we're funding whatever? Let's say it's a, a professional stadium, something like mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, she's making the, art uh, the argument that, hey, it's the same needs, but why are we opening up the doors to the rest of the world? Mm -hmm. So now we're not talking about funding a, a sports stadium in a town, we're saying, why are we opening up our doors to the rest of the world when we can't even give the basic needs to the kids in our community? And yeah. hearing it from her perspective, and unfortunately, you know, since she's of that color, of those in the, in the minority community, she has holds more weight in oh, saying yeah. it. Yeah, and she it's does. awesome, and she did a great job with it. Yeah, that. she does. That's what we need. That's exactly what we need. Are people like Christina 
to speak out against the Democrats and them trying to keep everybody on their Democrat plantation. That's just that's what they're doing. And that's what they've done for a couple hundred years now, whether it's an actual plantation or the plantation of government uh, reliance. It's still it's still the same. It's still a plantation. And they're trying to keep you there. So um, there's somebody who broke the mold and who understands that. No, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna continue to accept this Democrat BS. I'm not gonna do it. Good for her. That's that's fantastic. Meanwhile, the demonstrators uh, stood around and sang the Mexican national anthem. They waved flags, Mexican flags, as they urged the migrants to go home. <laughs> I mean, it's fascinating. It is fascinating. If that was, if those were Americans singing the national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner, waving American flags at these people, can you imagine? That would be everywhere. We would be the the most hated people on the uni- in the universe. But it's fine for the Mexicans to do it because I don't know. I don't know why. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody's. I mean, is CNN covering that wall to wall? Look at the hate of the Mexican people. Look at how they mock and ridicule uh, these wonderful people who are just here for a better life. Protesters said they had no problem with legal. <laughs> no, here we go. No problem with legal immigration, but they were strongly opposed to what they call an illegal invasion. Whoa! <gasps> whoa! 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 Oh wow! Oh my! Mexico. They called it. An invasion. These Mexicans? Dude? Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. <laughs> How hateful. What fear-mongering. These people, did they have weapons on them? Well, some of them did have, ro- have rocks, but we'll, we'll set that aside for now. <laughs> uh, but uh, what haters? Some protesters said the Mexican government should follow President Trump's lead and adopt Tougher border policies. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Actually, it's Trump following Mexico's lead, there adopting tougher border policies because they've got much tougher border policies than we do. They deport far more people than we do. They'll they'll stop them at the border and send them right on back. They defend their southern border much more vigorously than we do. One of the uh, protesters said he's defending his border, unlike our president. <laughs> wow. Little do you know. Now there will be more violence in Tijuana. And, and look, Tijuana is a violent place. It's, it, I forget the exact number, but it's over 2,000 murders this year alone. Like 2,100, 2,200 murders in Tijuana, a, a city the size of, I don't know, Salt Lake City probably. Like 1.3 million. Uh, can you imagine 2,200 murders in a city the size of Salt Lake City? <laughs> I mean, that's that, that's craziness. Even uh, New York City with 8 million people in it. 8 million people and they've had 100 and, was it 147 murders this year? Right at that, yeah. Yeah. For six months. I mean, that is amazing. 147 compared to 2,200 in a city one-eighth the size? Yeah, so obviously these people, they're having a difficult time with this, uh, how do they put it? Um, uh, Illegal invasion? Hmm. Hmm. It's not a fun invasion? No, not to them. 
To us, it's a fundvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But apparently, the people of Tijuana, uh, they don't feel like that. They don't feel like that. it's very much fun. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. This portion of Pat Gray Unleashed brought to you by Riduzone. We've got Thanksgiving this week, and then of course, uh, as soon as the Christmas season kicks in, which is the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, you've got food. I don't know if you're, if it's like my house. You've got food nonstop then all the way through Christmas and New Year's, and there's always something around to eat. And then you know big meals for big occasions. You got parties. You got the actual day where you know friends and family are over, and uh, it's just food fest. So Riduzone can help you get through it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Riduzone is. The fun invasion at our houses coming up here. Yes, yes. In some cases, not not that fun. Uh, but Riduzone is a safe, natural, FDA acknowledged dietary supplement that'll help you get through it all. It's got the OEA molecule that they extracted from olive oil, and that helps to boost your metabolism, so you can burn fat more uh, quickly and more efficiently. And it can also help reduce your appetite. For about a buck thirty nine a day, Riduzone can help you get through this time of year and help you lose weight and look great for 2019 and just feel better. Order yours at Riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Enter the promo code PAT and get 30% off a three-month supply. Riduzone.com, promo code PAT to take 30% off a three-month supply. It's Riduzone.com. Yesterday, President Trump tweeted about uh, Gastelum saying the city was ill-prepared for the migrants. Uh, and then he, he said, likewise, the U.S. is ill-prepared for this invasion and will, and will not stand for it. They're causing crime and big problems in Mexico. Go home! Exclamation point. <laughs> so the president told him to go home as well. Okay, good. Well, you know, I mean, it's taking a stand, right? Certainly, George Bush wouldn't have done this. Bush wouldn't have told him to go home. That's true. Compassion doesn't stop at the U.S. border. <laughs> uh, despite the fact that we came to that uh, sensitive agreement on corn and beans, uh, we still have some issues, and uh, and compassion doesn't stop at the U.S. border. <laughs> Um, so, Mr. President, uh, a lot of these immigrants are poor. So, yeah, poor uh, people aren't necessarily killers, Keith. They probably are, but they're pro- they're not necessarily killers. Okay. Uh, poor people can be killers, yeah. usually are killers, but they're not necessarily killers. Oh. Let them, so let them on in. Okay. Some protesters said they previously disagreed with Trump on issues, but not this one. Hmm. That's fantastic. Hmm. Roy Grant, who lives in uh, Tijuana, works in San Diego, said he fears any mass demonstrations by the migrants could end up shutting down the San Ysidro port of entry. And then he'd be kind of stuck. That's interesting. You live in Tijuana and work in San Diego. How does that work? Hmm. (laughs) So I think these migrants need to go back to their country. Mexico needs to take a very aggressive hands-on approach and deport them. Said he found himself in an un, an unlikely supporter of Trump's hardline position on immigration. Gee, that's interesting. When the the people who it affects the most seem to agree, 
with Donald Trump even when they don't want to. It's about how he says it, not what he says, that's offensive to people. Oh, good point, Mr. Grant. About 10, oh, good. About 10,000 people. Now, we were told by the Democrats, oh, it's all thinned out. They're, look, they're thousands of miles away, and there's very few of them left. Hmm. About 10,000 people are making their way through Mexico in at least three separate caravans. At least three separate. The first began in early October. Uh, since then, the groups of migrants have walked, taken buses, or hitched rides on any vehicle they could find as they make the grueling trek north with the intent to seek asylum. Many have said they're fleeing violence and poverty in their home country and that they travel together in the belief that there's safety in numbers. Uh, Trump seized on the issues of immigration and the caravans before the midterm elections, and of course the media has since run with that. Well, see, it was all about the election because he hasn't talked about it since, and he's talking about it now because it's, it's again in our face. For a while, they were kind of hanging out in Mexico City. And so, the, yes, the news cycle died down about it. But now they're here, and so it's a thing again. It's pathetic. I mean, the, the mainstream media just sucks. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, really uh, pathetic. Uh, but a lot of these, a lot of these people, Francis Bellamontes who brought his two children to the protest, said his seven-year-old daughter told him that some of the migrants were urinating outside of her school and asking for money. Oh, yay. He said not all the migrants were mothers seeking a better life for their children. What? They're not all mothers? Huh. And he had seen young men with tattoos who he believed were gang members. Well, we were told that isn't possible. We were told that it's ludicrous to believe any of them are gang members. He said he's worried for his children's safety. He said it's chaos. We're sounding like Trump's America here in Mexico. Well, yeah, welcome to the real world there in Mexico. And maybe now you understand. Maybe now you got a glimpse of how we feel in the United States being continually under siege like this. Yeah, but every migrant, every immigrant that comes in here just comes here, works hard. Sure. Uh, takes care of their families. Sure. I mean, it's not like they get involved in shootouts oh, with nasty. police no, in, in never. Arkansas or anything like that. As, no. As happened over the weekend. Never, right. Um, no, what? Wait, what? What? Police activity? Like a shootout in, with an illegal alien in I Arkansas? Mean, could be. That can't happen. <laughs> okay. I mean, show me the proof that that happened. Uh-huh. Mm. Police officer stopping a car. And he gets out and shoots at it. Okay. Just fire! Just fire! Jesus! Good golly. Car comes wow. on the scene and goes in reverse. Just fire, County! I mean, he is emptying his weapon. And he comes right up to the car, shooting right at it. Shot after shot at the police officer. Yeah, that's a dramatic video. It's on the Blaze TV if you want Good to check it out. Good heavens. Later. That's amazing. Yeah. So, but now again, he gets out of his car comes right up to him. Yeah, it's not like they come up here to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean. Just fired, kid! 
this guy? What's yeah. going on? Yeah, we can't see where the cop is, so. Johnny, I need units now! Wow. And then he gets back in his car. Johnny, he's fleeing. And takes In a off. vehicle. Mm -hmm. At East End on Steel. There you go. So, but it's not like they're coming up here and doing that. No, they're not. No. So. Mm -mm. So they did find out this guy was an illegal alien. Uh huh. In Arkansas. Yep. Um, wow. What was the deal? Did it? Does it say what his? Uh, what the situation was? Why did he just start shooting like that? Uh, I don't know. Did they eventually catch him? Let's see. He was uh, found by another officer about a half hour later, and again, right. we're shooting at police. Oh wow! Oh my gosh! They they got him. Hey, he's in custody right now. Good. Um, good. Yeah, and and uh, well, let him go. He's probably just a good, hardworking family person. It was just a. I'm sure it's just a misunderstanding. Oh, okay. You know? So here we go. <clears throat> All of mm -hmm. the officers involved are unharmed. Oh wow! Good. Um, he's been jailed on half a million dollars bond. How about uh, throw away any attempted bond? Uh, he has mm -hmm. a detainer placed on him uh, by ICE. Mm -hmm. Um. He's been charged with four counts of attempted capital murder, committing a terrorist act, fleeing possession of mm. controlled substance, and possession of drug paraphernalia. So anyway. Huh. But they come up here to yeah. just find a better life. Right, just a better uh, life. That's all they want. And so just leave them alone. I mean... That's all they want. And don't force them to live in the shadows. I Certainly mean, that guy can't be like a gang member. He didn't act like a gang no, member. He like, like he was used to shooting at people and just... And just uh, you know, firing shot after shot at police officers, uh -huh. law enforcement. Didn't look like he was. that was a normal thing for him. I mean, I'm looking at the way he's holding his weapon here in the still shot. Right. I right. mean, I guess he could have had his hand a little lower on the gun, but... Uh, but how many times have you done that when police just roll up on you like that? You just start shooting, right? Uh, oh, no, wait. No, you don't. Mm -mm. Hmm. Anyway, so wow. that's why we have borders, is to keep guys like this yeah. from coming into our country. Jeez. Wow. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. So, I mean, it's just bedlam right now. It's just just bedlam. Uh, apparently, uh, reports of insults being shot, shouted, and rocks being hurled and fist fighting uh, has been escalating at the border in Tijuana and at the U.S. border over the weekend. Um, and so. Where's this thing going to end up? I don't know. I don't know. But I, I don't see any military there. <clears throat> is there any sign that the U.S. military is at the border between Tijuana and San Diego? I Last I heard, there was, there was no military in sight there. I mean, I don't know if they sent everybody to Texas, but I thought they were being divided up between Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and, uh, and California. I'm going to look that up. I don't know. I Where are they? On that. Where are they? Tijuana Mayor... Juan Manuel Gastelum referred to the arrivals as bums. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that okay? Hmm. Nobody's upset about that. Why? Because it's a Mexican mayor saying it. It's not a U.S. mayor saying it. And he questioned whether a referendum in the city of 1.6 million is needed to determine whether or not they should be allowed to stay. Uh. He said human rights should be reserved for righteous humans. <laughs> wow. Uh, the Mexican Interior Ministry announced that just under 2,700 have applied for asylum in Mexico under a program that was launched uh, late last month that pledged to provide them with work and living permissions faster. So, good. Maybe some of them will just... But they don't... That's why the Mexicans are upset. They don't want them there. 
So we got a total of 5,800 soldiers and Marines. 2,800 are in <clears throat> Texas, 1,500 in Arizona, 1,300 in California. There's um, 1,300 in California? Yeah, but they're not going to be involved in any kind of detaining. It's just not legal. Um, they, they'll be involved in uh, performing <laughs> law enforcement duties. So what they're doing now is they're erecting the uh, extra barriers with the barbed wire and the taller mm-hmm. concrete and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, in other words, building the wall that Congress should have built long ago is what the military is being... I don't believe that's not legal <clears throat> for the U.S. to get involved. For, for the military to be involved in this, why? It is people coming from another country trying to invade our country. Yeah. That's they, not they were not citizens, asked here. Yeah. They were not invited here. They were not told to come here. So why can't the military be involved with that? Yeah, Strange. This isn't against. It's not. A, it's not against the citizens of, of the country. U.S. Right. So that is an interesting. Uh, yeah. Doesn't yeah. seem. Doesn't seem illegal to me at all. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. When your ears aren't clean, uh, it can be really uncomfortable, and then you miss things like um, the Tijuana mayor calling these immigrants bums. And then you might not be able to call him a racist and, and a hater. Or if an illegal alien decides to just start shooting at you, you want to be able to hear the yeah. bullets headed your way. That's true. So you can, I don't know, duck and stuff. Um, so now there's a real solution for this problem. It's called Wax RX, the, the Wax RX earwash system developed by doctors and comes with everything you need to really uh, clean out your ears. So there are special wax softening drops to break down the earwax inside your ear. Then the specially engineered pump fitted with a unique tip to gently deliver the perfect amounts, amount of cleansing pressure to flush it away. And then the pH conditioned formula rinses and soothes your ears. Go to usewaxrx.com and order your reusable earwash system today. Use the offer code radio and you'll get free standard shipping too. usewaxrx.com. Promo code radio. Pat Gray Unleashed. Triple eight nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. And Pat Unleashed on Twitter where Gen X or Kim tweets, I thought all the migrants and are women and children. So Mexicans are hateful towards women and children? I thought it was all about the children. <laughs> It is all about the children, Kim. Well, <laughs> specific children. Some of them are very big children. Mm-hmm. But I love to tell you about children. And some of them have very pretty tattoos all over their bodies. Oh, boy. And some of them say MS-13 across their chest, which must mean that they're not 12-year-old boy children, but hmm. 13-year-old boy children. Oh, well, he's out. What kind of freak would not want these children here? Uh, Steve Madersky tweets uh, about the teacher who sounded off uh, against the Democrats. Yeah, she's black. Yep, she's a black white supremacist. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Steve's point. That explains uh, That explains it all. Right there. Yep. Uh, All right. I am am so excited for the Obamas uh, that they're about to become billionaires. Is that right? Really? so wonderful. They're about to cross that threshold? Yeah, these communists are becoming billionaires. Uh, It's wonderful. Hold on a second. Mm -hmm. There's a story about Obama paying for his way to the 2000 Democratic National Convention Mm -hmm. way back in 2000 and how he didn't have a credit card, didn't have money for a a, uh, Mm. rental car at the counter. Oh, wow. So we're talking about in 18 years... 
Mm-hmm. He's gone from not being able to afford a rental car, supposedly, to being well on his way <clears throat> to a billion God, it's dollars. Amazing what public service uh, isn't can that great do for you? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, the launch of Michelle's cross-country book tour uh, for her memoir, Becoming, last week. Uh, just the latest marker on the road to fabulous wealth for them. Uh, they're well on their way to becoming a billion-dollar brand. In addition to the sixty-five million-dollar book advance she got. Wow. 65 million good golly there's no way she's going to sell enough books to make up the, a 65 million dollar advance that's crazy and an estimated 50 million dollar deal with netflix i actually heard it was 100 million uh both of which she shares with her husband of course uh the former first lady is poised to rake in millions from appearances on her 10 city tour and sales and merchandise connected to her autobiography. I'm sure they're going to donate all of this money because they don't need it. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking... Um, yeah, I do think at a certain point you've made enough money. That's what I was thinking. At a certain point, you've made enough money. <laughs> like her husband, Michelle is currently in demand as a speaker for corporations and nonprofits. Get this. What? She's not, she's not doing them out of the goodness of her heart. Uh, she's not doing them just because she wants to make a difference. What? She's doing them for $225,000 per appearance. $225,000 per appearance. Forbes estimated the couple made $20.5 million in salaries and book royalties between 2005, when Obama became a federal senator, and uh, 2016. They're now worth $135 million. And that figure does not include the cash they're raking in for public speaking. I'm telling they, they will be billionaires. They will be richer than the, the Clintons are. In October 2017, uh, Michelle was a keynote speaker at the Pennsylvania Conference for Women, a nonprofit that promotes education and networking. I'm guessing since, it's a, since it was a nonprofit, surely she did that for free. Of course. Surely. Uh, did an onstage interview... With Hollywood producer and writer uh, Shonda Rhimes for an audience of 12,000. I mean, they do draw big crowds. The New York-based Harry Walker Agency, which books both Obamas for speaking gigs, um, billed the Pennsylvania Conference for Women, okay, the nonprofit, billed them $225,000. Okay. (laughs) Do as I say, not as I do. Now, Michelle, so Michelle is making two twenty-five. dollars Per Barack currently brings in four hundred thousand per speech, and at least one point two million for three speeches to Wall Street firms in twenty seventeen. That's on top of his two hundred seven thousand eight hundred dollar annual presidential pension for life, which he receives <laughs> for life. Uh, months after leaving the White House, former president agreed to speak at a healthcare conf- conference order organized by uh, Cantor Fitzgerald. And this was in addition to eight hundred thousand he earned for two speeches to the Northern Trust Corp and the Carlyle Group. Wow! Becoming is already set to turn into an international bestseller. Um, and well, you know, she goes on to she's. Describes her struggles after a miscarriage and how she conceived her two, 
two daughters by in vitro fertilization. No, I didn't know that. Um, in addition to the U.S. launch, the book was released in Australia, Ireland, South Africa, the U.K., and New Zealand. It'll also be published in 25 languages around the world. How wonderful. It's already been chosen for Oprah Winfrey's book club, of course. <laughs> Tickets for a conversation with Michelle at sports venues across the country are a pretty uh, hot item as well. And you can get in there for just, I mean, a mere $307. You know, that's for the nosebleed seats. You can get into the arena, Brooklyn's Barkley Center, for $307. If you want a really good seat, it'll just cost you a little bit more than that. Um, $4,070. But think of that. So you and your wife go, and it's just $8,140. That's that's cheap at twice the price. But that includes a photo with Michelle. See, now I wasn't sold. Now you got me. And a signed copy of the book. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Can I request that Michelle's arms be in the photo? I don't want it to be I don't in know. the wintertime. I don't know. <clears throat> wow. Covered up. The hypocrisy here is just absolutely unbelievable. These two have the nerve, have the unmitigated gall, have the giblets to talk about income inequality. Stop it. They couldn't care less about the little people. They don't care. Ugh. Uh, let's see. He raked in <clears throat> $8.8 million for the Audacity of Hope that he published in 2006. Uh, he also made $7 million from Dreams from My Father. Um, in addition to their multi-million dollar literary empire, the couple is set to reap the benefits of, of course, the Netflix thing they signed. It's a multi-year deal that calls uh, on the Obamas to produce a diverse mix of content, including... The potential for scripted series, unscripted series, docu-series, documentaries, and features. They'll be broadcast in 190 countries. Jeez, that what? must be nice to just have that instant access. What is the there? second you're out of the presidency, you've just mm-hmm. got instant access to anything you want, to all the wealth in the world. I would like someone to ask Michelle at one of these um, public events, mm-hmm. question answer, now that you are among the ultra wealthy, mm-hmm. you're in the richest 1%. By far, easily, um, yeah. Please tell us what is your fair share. Yeah. I want to know that number now. Yeah, I'd love to know that number. And, and How much and, you want to part with? And if Obama is in a question and answer, ask him at what point have you made enough, enough money? money? Really good, really good questions. Will anyone ever ask them? No. No. No, they will not. No. Nope. But if they do, you'll hear it here on Pat Unleashed. Yes. <laughs> but there's the hypocrisy of these uh, wonderful Marxists uh, as they continue to spew their Marxist theories and become extremely wealthy. Not just the richest 1%. I mean, if you're talking about the world here, we're, we're in the point zero zero one percent for the Obamas now. And it just seems like, you know... I, mean, I, I, I do think I, at I, a certain I, point you've made enough money... I wonder what he thinks that point is now. I'd love to know. I would really love to know, but he'll never talk to us about it. So we'll never find out. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about the iTarget Pro system. Um, it's not too early to start thinking about gifts for that special someone in your life, that gun enthusiast in your life. Um, something that you know could actually save their life. Plus, it's just a lot of fun. Um, 
The iTarget Pro system uses your smartphone and their app, which tracks a caliber-specific laser inside uh, your firearm, and that detects exactly where your shots are landing on the target. So you can shoot inside your house, and there's no bullets involved. So you don't have to buy a bunch of expensive ammo. You don't have to pay range fees. You don't have to drive to and from. You just do all of this in your home where you'd probably, you know, if, if it ever comes to that, that's probably where you'd have to defend yourself anyway. Go to the letter I, then TargetPro.com. Check out the video. Choose your caliber and download the app so that you're ready when your system arrives. Right now, you can get free shipping through the end of the year. Plus, save an additional 10% when you use the offer code, Pat, to purchase a system. Okay? Save money, save time, and take your skill to the next level with iTargetPro.com. Offer code, Pat, for 10% off. iTargetPro.com. Beware. Pat Gray is unleashed. Uh, well, finally, the uh, Florida and Georgia Democrats, uh, Democrat c- candidates for those two positions, have conceded in those governor's races. Uh, so, uh, Brian Kemp is now the governor of Georgia, and uh, Ron DeSantis will be the governor of Florida. Also, Rick Scott has now uh, defeated Bill Nelson, and Bill Nelson has finally conceded as well. So that much is over. The Florida recount pretty well uh, figured out now. I think that the the candidate, what's her face in in Georgia, is still suing. Yeah, Stacey Abrams is still suing. Um, basically, when when they were going through the voter rolls over the last six years in Georgia, um, four years, whatever it was, getting rid of you know people that hadn't voted in forever, and they made it very clear, hey, if you haven't voted in so long, we're taking you off the rolls. In other words, Stacey Abrams saw less names in these voter rolls to use as um, fraudulent votes. And so, therefore, um, that's what stumped her candidacy. And so um, mm-hmm. she's upset and she's saying that people were denied the right to vote. And the um, thing is, uh, the people that were denied the right to vote were pretty much dead or weren't voting anyhow. Wait a minute. It- dead people were stopped from voting in this election? Yeah, and so when, when that happens, oh my then Democrats go, wait, wait, that was a large uh, constituent that I was counting on at the polls. How wrong is that? How and, wrong uh, is that that the dead don't matter anymore? How how bad is that? Yeah. I mean... It's bad, right? Yeah. Bad. <laughs> yeah. So. That's... Wow, you're, it seems like you're really broken up over I, this. I am. I'm bothered by like, that. Uh, is that a thing? Like, you want dead people to be able to vote? <laughs> you don't? You well, don't? I mean, I mean I don't. the dead have rights, too. I feel Why like, would you disenfranchise America's dead? Yeah, I feel like I'm missing something yeah, here. man. Huh. Also, uh, <laughs> Mia Love has taken a teeny, tiny little lead Uh-oh. in Utah's 4th District, by She's the way. She's going to win. It looks like she might pull this thing out, after all. (laughs) Uh, Mia Love is running against Salt Lake City Mayor Ben McAdams, and it looked like he had won this thing, uh, but they kept counting votes, kept counting. Now she's up by 413 votes. So that's out of, I don't know, 300,000 almost votes cast, and she's, she's up by 413. 
there are still thousands, apparently, of provisional ballots left to count in the contest. Um, so her lead right now is well within the threshold of a recount, so this won't be decided probably for quite a while. Uh, but she may win this thing after all, <laughs> even though the president Uh-oh. said this. On the other hand, you had some that decided to, let's stay away, let's stay away. They did very poorly. I'm not sure that I should be happy or sad, but I feel just fine about it. So you Carlos decided you're, you're happy? Cubella, Okay. Yeah. Mike you, Kaufman. Mike Kaufman. Bastard. Too bad, Mike. Too bad. Mia Love. Mia Love. I saw Mia Love. She'd call me all the time to help her uh-huh. with a hostage situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Being held hostage mm-hmm. in Venezuela. Venezuela. Yeah. Uh, but Mia Love I- gave me no love. <laughs> what is that? So weird. Weird, man. That is some weird stuff. Uh, he was mad that he wasn't asked to campaign for these Republicans. These Republicans apparently thought the better of having the president come represent their campaign. And so <laughs> President Trump is a little pissed off about that. And Mia Love showed him no love. So he was glad she lost. But maybe she hasn't. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, she, again, she's up by 413 votes right now. Uh, 888-933-93. Also, someone in the press actually had the giblets to tell the truth about the Jim Acosta situation Hmm. during the presidential press conference last week. And that someone is Major Garrett, who's no longer with with Fox News, hasn't been for quite a while, but he's, uh, he's with CBS. And nobody has stood up and said, look, yeah, the guy was rude. He dominated the press conference. He wouldn't let other people ask any questions. He wouldn't yield the floor when he was told to. Nope. Everybody's been defending him. Well, yeah, Jim Acosta's been, uh, he's great. And uh, he uh, he deserved his uh, freedom of speech. And I mean, that's all you hear from these idiots in the press. Nobody spoke up and said, look, he's breaking the rules. You know, you've got to respect other people's ability to ask questions at the White House, and he would not yield, despite the fact that the president told him repeatedly to do so. And they tried to take the microphone from him. So Major Garrett actually spoke up and uh, talked about it. Here's what he said. It's a little bit more rough and tumble there. It can be rough and tumble at times at the White House, but it is Mm -hmm. a place of institutional heft and commands institutional respect. Right. And... I will say on my behalf, the previous press conference we had with President Trump in the Rose Garden, the president looked at me. I thought he called on me. I stood up. The White House aide handed me the microphone. I began to speak to the president of the United States. President Trump looked at me and said, no, behind you, Caitlin. <laughs> Caitlin with uh, CNN, Caitlin Collins. CNN, by the way, and yes. So, I, so I, I said, oh, and what did I do? I handed back the microphone. Right. Now, some of my colleagues might say, what would you do that for? You, you have the microphone, you have a voice, you can speak. The President of the United States said, not you. To my way of thinking, that's enough. Yes. The President said, I didn't call on you. I called on somebody else. Thank you. All right, then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get a press, I didn't get a question in that press conference. Some might mm-hmm. say, well, you laid down and you were too deferential. I don't, I don't feel that way. I stood up, the President of the United States said, no, I don't mean you, I mean somebody else, another one of your colleagues. So, I deferred. Yeah. Hoping he might right. call on me again. He didn't. 
that's how I orient myself to the institution. And the person who occupies that institution is chosen by the country. Right. And I respect the institution and the country's choice. Yeah. And I'm there to, on behalf of everyone, ask questions and, most importantly, Larry, mm-hmm. get answers. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Thank you, Major Garrett. I'm not a huge Major Garrett fan. Major Garrett certainly was never there for Glenn uh, when they were both at Fox. Uh, in fact, probably kind of the opposite. But that's, that is reasonable. That is logical. That is well thought through. That is the way it should be. You stand up. You, you mistook the fact that he called on you. He didn't. He says not you, the person behind you. So you yield to that person because that's the president of the United States. And you should respect the office. And you, res- you should respect your colleagues and their ability to ask questions too. Your time will come up. You'll, you'll get the opportunity to ask him another question again sometime. If not at this pre- press conference, at some other press conference. You know, Major Garrett has asked many questions of this president and others. And uh, you can do it by obeying the rules. Jim Acosta does not do that. And yet he won that lawsuit anyway. Just pisses me off. Why? It's amazing. You know, all they did was lost their permanent, you know, the hard pass that they call it. He could have gone and gotten a daily pass. Every single day. Well, that's too much trouble, man. It's too much trouble, yeah. It's in the Constitution yeah. that Jim Acosta... Must be able to attend these press and conferences. ask anything with he a hard wants pass. to, say yes. anything he wants to at the White House. Right. Yep. You just find that in the good and plenty clause. That's, <laughs> that's where you'll see that. Beware. Pat Gray is unleashed. Uh, from Ryan tweets, uh, my daughter wants to know why they keep showing that other guy, meaning me, I guess, on Keith's show. She's seven, and her logic is that every time Pat has a question, he asks Keith, so he must be in charge. Must, must Keith be. in charge of anything? Uh-huh. Ryan, I think you need to get your daughter checked. Okay. <laughs> Something wrong there. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, small mouth, small mouth bass, Kurt. Once again, I, I, I don't know can't, what your just can't do it. Is there, small but, uh, mouth bass, Kurt. Can't do it. I just can't say it. <laughs> I wouldn't use Pat's money to go see Michelle. You know what? I wouldn't use Pat's money either, or anybody <laughs> else's. Uh, Steve Madursky uh, says, "Just imagine how much Michelle would would be making if we didn't pay women only seventy percent of what we pay men." Mm. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she'd already be a billionaire, not just on the yeah, way. That rule doesn't apply to her. Uh, from Avery, uh, how is it illegal for the military to stop an invasion? Oh, it's because it's a fun invasion. <laughs> That's strictly off limits. Fun invasion. Um, from Justin, don't these Mexicans know no humans can be illegal? They're undocumented Mexicans now. Oh, yes. We need to tell them that. These need Hondurans, to tell them that. So. Yeah, let these Hondurans find jobs in Tijuana and send the money back to Honduras. Yeah, why are they living in the love shadows that. in Mexico? Right. I mean, struggling Lumby tweets uh, reset the unmitigated gall and giblet counter. Oh uh, yes, I've you, used both those. You today. mixed those in today. Yes, uh-huh. and it was about time. I think. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a been a giblet drought, if you will. Uh, <laughs> 
I realized as soon as unmitigated gall came out of my mouth, that was going to be tweeted by someone. And sure enough, it was. Awesome. Uh, all right. 888 uh, Democrat Eric Swalwell is uh, defending fun confiscation and threatening <laughs> nuclear war against American citizens. Wait, sort fun- of. Funscation? Yeah, funscation, we'll call it. Fun confiscation or funscation. (laughs) (laughs) He's getting a little blowback because he tried to shut down opposition to gun confiscation by reminding critics uh, that were tweeting at him that the government has nukes. Kind of bizarre. Um, You know, somebody said, hey, I'm not going to give up my gun here because uh, that's the only thing standing between us and tyranny is that we've, we can keep the government in check by being armed. So Eric Swalwell, this Democrat from California, tweeted out, uh, yeah, the government has nukes. They're legit. Hmm. So you're saying the government would use nuclear weapons against its own citizens in its own country? And what? What? drop a nuclear weapon on a city just because some of those residents weren't giving up their weapons? I don't know what his thing uh, is. What kind of weird logic is that? So let's say Texas is you know, a, probably a pretty good example since mm-hmm. pretty much everybody here is armed. Uh, you're going to nuke Houston even though there's a lot of Democrats in Houston that, w- that would certainly not be willing to that would give up their arms? That don't own guns? Yeah, just kill them all anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's just... That's ludicrous. I felt threatened when I saw that tweet over the weekend from a, a sitting congressman. Yeah, it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Absolutely bizarre. So you'd make war uh, against your own people. Hmm. Yeah, and I did look into uh, the committees he sits on. Uh, he's on the subcommittee of the CIA. He's a ranking member. And he's on the Jeez. subcommittee of um, on emerging threats. He might want to investigate himself, Representative no Swalwell. Kidding. Yeah, he's one of the top-ranking rank- Democrats in Congress. Yeah, and now yep. that they have the uh, the uh, majority, it's going to be even more powerful. <laughs> yes. So one of the one of the uh, one of his constitu- constituents tweeted out, "You're out of your effing mind if you think I'll give up my rights and give the government all the power." And that's when he said. And it would be a short war, my friend. The government has nukes. Too many of them. But they're legit. Oof. What? <laughs> Again, so you're just going to nuke your own cities. Boy, it was a... Makes uh, a lot out of sense. It was a great weekend mm. for officials in Washington uh, to be using Twitter. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Um, he, he was uh, one of several that were having fun uh, with that medium. So people were uh, a little upset and then he took he took issue with that that people were upset that he said the government has nukes and is going to use them against you essentially it'd be a short war we'll nuke you i mean that's asinine first of all and then he said don't be so dramatic no no one is nuking anyone or threatening that then what did you bring it up for what do you talk of course you threatened it you don't bring it up if you're not intending to it, that it's actual that it might be used against the citizenry. I'm telling you, this is not the 18th century. 
the argument that you would go to war with your government if an assault weapons ban was in place is ludicrous and inflames the gun debate. Yeah, okay. But nuclear weapons, (laughs) bringing up nukes didn't inflame the argument, right? So he proposes a buyback of assault weapons. And then when people don't sell them back, what do you do? Eric. (laughs) Uh, He says gun owners... Gun owner says he'll go to war with USA if that happens. I sarcastically point out USA isn't losing to his assault weapon. It's not the 18th century. I'm called a tyrant. Zero progress is made. Jeez. These people are just so pathetic. Um, and so illogical. It doesn't. What, what, is, what difference does it make that it's not the 18th century? Right. The government has better weapons, and so do the people, frankly. That's why people want their assault weapons. It's one reason. It's probably the main reason in case the government ever tries tyranny. Or, how about this? What about an, a fun invasion? Hmm. If it's not so fun, if it's, say, uh, another nation entering our country, the Chinese or the Russians invade. You don't want your your people armed in that eventuality. You want to fight. You don't want them fighting back because that's another reason to have an armed citizenry. These people are just so stupid, just unbelievable. How do you how do you speak logically to people who don't understand logic or the Constitution or why we have? Uh, the Constitution we have and the rights that we have makes it pretty tough. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, apparently, a report in the Christian Post says that the number of witches and Wiccans has dramatically increased since the nineteen nineties to the degree that there might be at least one and a half million witches in the United States. Wow, which is higher than the 1.4 million mainline Presbyterians. (laughs) There might be one and a half witches, one and a half million witches, 1.4 million Presbyterians. Which is more than Presbyterians. Right, that's Uh, cute. No, I like that. Uh, Wow, that's a fascinating set right there. The practice of witchcraft has grown significantly in recent decades. Those who identify as witches has risen concurrently with the rise of the witch aesthetic. Between 1990 and 2008, the number of Wiccans in the U.S. grew from 8,000 to 340,000, according to three religious surveys. And then the Pew Research Center reported in 2014 that 0.4% of the population, or from 1 to 1.5 million Americans, identify as Wiccan or Pagan. Makes sense that the witchcraft and the occult would rise as society becomes increasingly postmodern, according to Julie Roy's. Um, the rejection of Christianity has left a void that people, as inherently spiritual beings, will seek to fill. Roy's said that witchcraft is especially attractive to millennials because it has been effectively repackaged. No longer is witchcraft and paganism satanic and demonic. It's a pre-Christian tradition that promotes free thought and understanding of the earth and nature. No, oh, okay. Well, it's, it's it's fun. It's like uh, these are fun witches. There's a fun invasion going on, and now there's fun witches. You know, like Samantha. 
It's like bewitched. Diggle diddle dig. Twitch your nose yeah. and twitches good things your nose. happen. Okay, that's good. Yeah. There, See, it, there it was. There it was. There yeah, it was. Heard it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't forget, witches don't bathe. They don't shower. They don't put on deodorant. <clears throat> Is that true? They are one in the earth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Hmm. Oh. I dare a witch to call and challenge me on that. They, oh, they, wow. You threw down the gauntlet there for witches. Yeah, yeah witch, if you're a witch and you mm-hmm. shower... More frequently than every third day. <laughs> we want to hear from you right here. Uh, the number you can call is 888-900-3393. Now, I've told you, we did a special on Halloween night once at a radio station I worked at. Uh-huh. And we had to keep turning the air down. To, oh, because they came into the studio? Yeah, it was like, you know, Glenn Beck freezer levels mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, just had to keep making it cold and keep the air moving because it, you could not breathe in the studio. Three witches joined us and it was... That's maybe maybe they were just special witches that didn't believe in showering. I don't think so. You don't think so? I've uh, I've heard uh, many times that witches just um, really they don't practice good hygiene. But hey, if I'm wrong, you call and you tell me because I have yet to meet a witch or hear about a witch that used dial. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. If you're if you're a witch or a Wiccan and you you shower and you'd like to take Keith up on his offer. Uh, also, uh, the Pope is speaking out again, championing oh, the cause good. of the poor. I, I love oh, this. Oh, this is going to be good. I can just tell right now. Yeah. Anytime he champions the cause of the poor, you know it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said yesterday that the wealthy few enjoy what injustice belongs to all. And said Christians can't remain indifferent to the growing cries of the exploited and the indigent, including migrants. So, if you have, if you have a lot of money, I guess that belongs to everybody. So, <laughs> this guy, uh, that's there's a word for that, and it's called um, communism. I, I don't, I don't understand why, why, why does this pope uh, seem so friendly to Marxism? He invited about 6,000 poor people as well as some of the volunteers who helped them to the splendor of St. Peter's Basilica where he celebrated Mass on a day the Catholic Church dedicates to the needy. Later, he sat down with 1,500 of the indigent for a lunch of lasagna, chicken, mashed potatoes, and tiramisu in the Vatican Auditorium. Mm. Uh, In his homily, Francis said... We Christians cannot stand with arms folded in indifference or with arms outstretched in helplessness about those in need. He cited the stifled cry of the unborn, of starving children, of young people more used to the explosion of bombs than the happy shouts at the playground. Well, you know, capitalism has taken billions of people out of those kinds of starving conditions. I don't know if he's looked into that at all but uh, capitalism has probably saved the lives of easily two and a half three billion people on this planet and continues to save more every single day yep and if anyone is interested um here's my uh, tip to you um communistpope.com is available for purchase right now <laughs> both with a c and a k if you're interested that domain okay. is available i see mm. the cry of the poor though daily uh, become stronger, but every day heard less. That cry is drowned out by the din on the rich few 
who grow ever fewer and more rich. Last week, doctors, nurses, and other health workers uh, volunteered their time to offer medical assistance to the homeless and others uh, from morning till night in St. Peter's Square. The initiative reflects the Pope's uh, determination that the Vatican promote, by way of example, priorities for the rank-and-file faithful. Well, you know, you should open up the Vatican and just let people come in and eat every day. Uh, you could certainly do that. You could certainly open up like a soup kitchen at the Vatican and just serve people every single day. Just have them come down and eat. These are Barack Obama, Michelle Obama. They're rolling in dough right now. They could uh, right donate some of their wealth. I mean, after all, uh, I think point, at some point, yeah, you know, you've. I mean, I, I do think at a certain point you've made enough money, right? Give the rest to the poor. Exactly right. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. This portion of Pat Gray Unleashed brought to you by Home Title Lock. Hopefully, you saw Glenn's uh, program a while ago about home title fraud, where the uh, retired FBI agent from Home Title Lock showed him how easy it was to steal his his online uh, title to his home. It's kind of scary because it only takes him fifteen twenty minutes. And they can own your home. And then they take it to another bank and they take out a massive loan against your equity. And then you get the bills. <laughs> it's just, and it's the fastest growing uh, uh, form of uh, criminal activity in America. So they can take out massive loans using your equity and then you're stuck with the payments. And you don't know until you start getting the bills uh, coming in the mail. Now, as soon as I found out about this, I knew I had to have a home title lock. Uh, if you own a home, you're going to want this. If you own rentals or if you have elderly parents, get home title lock. For just pennies a day, home title lock just puts a barrier around your home's title and mortgage. And whenever they detect any sinister activity, they shut it all down. You can find out if your home's title has already been compromised with a free sign-up at HomeTitleLock.com, and they'll get you a title scan and report for free. That's a $100 value uh, just by signing up. Visit HomeTitleLock.com and get that peace of mind. It's HomeTitleLock.com. Pat Gray. Unleashed. This year is, with the death of common common sense, common decency, uh, it's apparently not, still not as bad as it has been in the past. Oh, really? There's been a worse year than 2018? There's there's been a worse year than 2018. Uh, Apparently, it was the year 536 AD. Oh. 536 AD, not a good year for wine or uh, for humanity. Bubonic plague, famine, war, and flu pandemics uh, all struck in the year 536 I mean, an argument could be made that was worse than 2018. According to a Harvard professor, uh, it might be the most unfortunate and the worst year in the entirety of recorded history. Uh, Europe, the Middle East, parts of Asia were plunged in, get this, they were plunged into an 18-month mysterious fog of darkness. <laughs> From a <laughs> volcano. I, wow. In Iceland. <laughs> it caused snowfall in China, 
continental scale crop failure. So there was famine. There was extreme drought. And then the disease kicked in as well. Uh, Kind of a bleak year. Mm -hmm. Yes, triggered by a cataclysmic Icelandic eruption, according to scientists. Coldest decade on record in 2,000 years. Of course, I don't know how they kept records back then. Come on. I know. You, did you have thermometers back then? I don't think so. But crops fail all over the world. <laughs> yeah. It was not a good year. The eerie fog created a drab world with darkness residing over the northern hemisphere for a year and a half. With an unrelenting dusk persevering through day and night. Boy, that would get depressing. Holy cow. It's like living in Alaska. So you're depressed to begin with Mm -hmm. because you haven't seen the sun in, I don't know, a year and a half. And the fact that you live uh, in 536 AD. Right. Sucks. So you've got no internet access. Right. Well, is that that a little bit later? Your apps don't work. (laughs) Uh, You can't get any gas Mm -mm. anywhere. Mm -mm. Um, And then you get bubonic plague on top of it. That's a crappy that's, year. See, that's the clincher. That's a crappy is, year. Is the bubonic plague. Um, I will say this. We we haven't been bothered by the bubonic plague here in America. Um, so I'm going to say, yes, the year 536 was worse than the year 2018. <laughs> no, but in Dallas, we get Ebola a couple years ago. So yeah. we're close. Unfortunately, like three, two people got it. One <laughs> person got it. Uh, this was really widespread and like um, much of the population died from it. So temperatures also fell in the summer of 536, uh, 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. In, initiating, that? as you said, the coldest decade in 2,300 years. 2,300 years. The international devastation triggered by the unidentified fog gave rise to the moniker the Dark Ages, which has been used to refer to this ominous time. And, you know, much more than just 536. Um, Analysis of ice cores, natural time capsules of Earth's geological past, also unearthed that two eruptions followed in 540 A.D. and 547 A.D. They said that the world really didn't recover from all of this. Hmm. Until a hundred years later. One hundred years later. Gosh, it's amazing. Wow. Yeah, that's a bad year. Yeah, that's a bad century. It's a bad everything. Mm-hmm. 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 I'd say the problems are, so uh, count your blessings. At least it's not that bad, right? No <laughs> bubonic plague, knock on wood. I no mean, no bubonic plague yet. But no apps either, you said. Right. Screw that. Yeah. Ugh. Well, we have apps, uh, and we don't yeah. have bubonic plague right now. Mm-hmm. And there's not a heck of a lot of famine. I mean, there are some, in some areas. War, yes, but um, well, somewhat limited right now. Most famines are centered, ironically, around uh, neighborhoods Jeffy lives in. That's very true. Yeah, because he, well, he grazes. He overgrazes <laughs> his area. and uh, Yeah. What are you trying to say? Leaves not enough for the rest. So, yeah, that's what happens. What happens? That's what happens. <laughs> uh, boy, we had fun at the uh, at the uh, Mercury One uh, Gala. Um, he didn't eat Did all we? of my food; only you know about eighty percent of what was on my plate, in addition to his. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had, I had to sit next to him. And, uh, mm-hmm. Interesting night. <clears throat> at least he didn't. You know, he, sometimes he'll get so carried away, he'll start eating somebody's hand. 
You know, he'll just be grabbing stuff just to keep eating it. And then uh, mm-hmm. somebody's hand will wind up in his mouth. Yep, that's and exactly. Then they'll lose it. Mm-hmm. They, they lose it. Yeah, my hedge trimmer story was all a fabrication. It was, uh, it was, it was Jeffy's Jeffy. appetite. <laughs> um, but did you notice we were the last table to get served at the Mercury One Ball, which was fabulous, by the way. They did a great mm-hmm. job with that. Mm-hmm. But we were the last ones. And Jeffy, I thought, was going to flip the table over and chase down the servers because he was really staring down the people carrying the food around the room. He did eventually get up and go get them yeah. and make sure that they brought food to our table. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I actually was kind of relieved that he did that because I was kind of hungry, too. I was hungry. Yeah, I was getting late. Yeah, I was, yeah, was getting there. late. Uh, so thanks for uh, if if you you know bought something if you contributed if you t- you know you bought a uh, raffle ticket mm-hmm. we really appreciate it thank you it was a very successful a good uh, fundraiser and a good time we had a, we had a good time a lot of a lot of things that Mercury One does that we learned about last night that I was not aware of mm-hmm. my goodness your dollars go so far to do so much good they they help with you know things like. The year 536 was, with all kinds of plagues and catastrophes, and they are there all the time. They're in California right now helping out with the, uh, you know, the fire aftermath. Uh, 888-933-93. Let me tell you about Brickhouse Nutrition, uh, which was created by a team of top physicians, and then with that, they created Field of Greens. Field of Greens is a superfood with um, uh, a lot of nutritional value in it, One scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA organic fruits and vegetables, complete with antioxidants. So it's daily clean green energy that fuels your body for a healthier and happier lifestyle. And you don't have to... I made the mistake at our... At our event over the weekend, they had green beans on the. T- on the. I thought, well, okay, oh, the rest oh. of this food's really good. Maybe the green beans are decent. Oh no! Nope. Put them in my mouth, and I almost puked. Okay. You don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> Try Field of Greens for Brickhouse Nutrition. Get fifteen percent off when you use the offer code Pat. BrickhousePat.com. That's BrickhousePat.com. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, Steve tweets talking about the witches' proliferation in America. Yeah, witches melt when exposed to water. Haven't you seen the documentary Wizard of Oz? Oh yeah, that's why they don't bathe. That's why they don't bathe. That's why they don't bathe. Brilliant. That's mm. that's why. Obviously, uh, Rebel Republican tweets. All right, Pat, say it with me now. Small mouth bass Kurt. That is difficult. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I did it, though. I did it. Congrats. You just have to say it slowly, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then from small mouth bass Kurt, <laughs> we, really, we really ought to load up the immigrants on a flight of C-17s and take them in a direct flight to the Vatican. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, from just two muck and fudge, nobody likes a giblet drought. And fortunately, it ended today. That's true. So That's true. It's bad. Uh, and Kool Aid drinker tweets: If I were Trump, I'd call on Acosta and only Costa. Ignore all the rest of the media. Well, That'd be I mean, funny. I, it would be funny, and <laughs> and they they both uh, love it too. So I mean, <laughs> I they both love it. Now that he's back in there, I would never call on him. Not once. Not ever. I'd let him sit there and freaking rot 
in that press conference the every last single time day of his presidency. Yeah, <laughs> every day as he as he gets up and tries to, and you know he would try to force the issue. Hey, Obama never called on our guy. Uh, we had a guy up there for the blaze. Oh, that's right. He never called on him. Yeah, that's right. So, president. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Just a frightening SpaghettiOs attack. Whoa! What? Uh, did you hear about this? A no. Pittsburgh woman is facing several charges after allegedly throwing several cans of SpaghettiOs at a woman's vehicle in a neighborhood. The incident happened uh, as the victim was expecting to meet with a man who was expected to provide money for their children. The victim said when she approached the building, the Allegheny Union Plaza building, a woman approached her and began throwing cans of SpaghettiOs at her vehicle. Mm. <laughs> oh, weird. Uh, I mean, it's that's the neat new spaghetti you can eat with a spoon, right? Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. <laughs> you don't throw them at people. You just you eat them. They're delicious. Yeah. Well, some people would say they're delicious. Others would maybe disagree with that. Italians, for instance, who have actually who actually have decent spaghetti and not canned, uh, but I used to exist on spaghettios when I was single. Huh. Uh, the victim um, said she tried to get out of her car, and the suspect tried to stab her with a kitchen knife. When she did, the victim <laughs> was cut in the finger but managed to get away. Somehow, her uh, took away her attacker's purse uh, at the same time. Police said the victim's vehicle had a broken back window, multiple dents, and was smeared and was smeared with red sauce oh, and pieces of pasta no. in the shape of little O's. Uh oh. Uh oh. SpaghettiOs all over her to a car. And I guess a can like that, like a full can. Oh, that'd do some damage. That would do some damage. Yeah. Broke out her back window, that would dent the car. Uh, uh horrifying attack. Horrifying. Should we ban Kansas SpaghettiOs? Well, I think we need at least a three-day waiting period before you can take them home. Trigger lock on the can? Yeah, something. I mean, I'm just talking about common sense reform here. That's all. On on cans of, well, any can good, really, because it's not just SpaghettiOs, is it? Well, we should, the SpaghettiOs. You know, at the beginning, and then you kind of scale it back and, and go after other. I ones. will tell you this: we need a conversation on uh, on what to do with these cans. Yeah, let's just have a conversation. Common sense legislation. I'm just starting a conversation to finally get to common sense legislation. I'm not just. I'm not saying take people's cans out of their pantries mm-hmm. necessarily. I'm just saying we need we need a conversation about taking. In- People's cans, and honestly, canned goods what, out of what their pantries. Is the obsession with canned goods in this country, right? Like, do you actually do you need... have a fetish uh, with uh, canned goods? Right. Do you need how many cans do you need? All these cans in your pantry at no. one time? No, you don't need that. How many can you use at what a time? What are you hoarding food? Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm. <laughs> so. I just want to have a conversation. Is that wrong of me? Should we let's start the conversation on canned goods? And you know, some of these cans hold more in them than others. Yeah, they do. You know? You're right. And and mm-hmm. they're more dangerous. That's that's very true. Some of them are actually heavier than others. Yeah. I don't I don't uh it's is I it's mean kinda it's kinda out of control because if look, any of these hit the somebody street, in the head, it could kill them yeah, dead. It, it, this happened on a street. Yeah, it did. Can we keep the cans off the streets? Yes. Common we sense can reform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need a you need a 
registration. You need to you need a uh, to, you need a registration form uh, in order to even take it out of your home. Yeah, a canned good. Okay, okay. So Walmart, right? Mm-hmm. Walmart. They own Sam's Club. We already hate Walmart because they're rich and uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're just they're just bad, evil corporations. They put a lot they, of mom and pop businesses right. out of business. They own Sam's Club. What can you get at <clears throat> Sam's Club? Huh? Those cans. giant, giant cans. cans. Oh those my gosh! Big ones. There's no need for like the the who economy needs, who needs size. one of those? That's like having a nuclear bomb <laughs> of canned goods. It's irresponsible. Imagine the damage that would do if you threw that at somebody. Imagine it. Oh my gosh! I, I, I don't tell you, we've got to we've got to look into common sense can reform we've, in this we've, country. We've now started the conversation. We should be proud of ourselves. Yeah. Keith. we yeah. started a conversation. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Um, we should have a conversation about Chip and Joanna Gaines too, because uh, this whole thing where they left HGTV looking pretty suspicious now Uh they said that they were just you know working their fingers to the bone and they wanted to spend more time with their family no you know what they're actually doing they're starting their own tv network (laughs) so joanna's apparently leaving her uh facial cream business oh and getting back into tv now well okay here's probably what happened that was so lucrative Mm -hmm. that they were like you know what what are we good at we got all this money let's start a network start a network uh, during a November 9th appearance on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, Chip Gaines and Joanna Gaines, uh, who concluded their five-year run on HGTV's Fixer Upper in April and welcomed their fifth child in June, they revealed they're planning to launch their own TV network with Discovery. Hmm. We are coming back to television, Chip said, explaining that the plan is to really carve it out in a way that makes sense to us and our family. Uh, it's going to be filmed a lot in Waco, so we don't have to travel a lot. Oh, man. They they did this perfectly, didn't they? They made it look like, yeah, we're just going to, we've done too much now, and we got this other business in Waco with this Magnolia thing. And look, we just want to spend more time with our family. Mm-hmm. Nope. They're is planning that, their own little deal. Yeah, is that ever a thing? That, it's apparently not. When people say that, I want to spend <laughs> more time with my family. It never works out that way, does it? It's always something else going on. Almost every time. A spokesperson for their Magnolia company confirmed that the pair are currently in the early stages of talking with Discovery about a lifestyle-focused media network for Magnolia. I guess that's what it would be called, the Magnolia Network. The details surrounding this opportunity remain a work in progress, but together our hope is to build a different kind of platform for unique, inspiring, and family-friendly content. Where I guess they would, I don't know, if they would host another uh, uh, show like Fixer Upper, you know, and then there'd be a whole bunch of other shows on it. But this is, it's difficult to start your own network. Talk to Glenn about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) They might want to rethink that whole thing. I don't know. Also, it looks like Al-Qaeda is trying to claim that they are responsible for the California fires. Uh, <laughs> Stop. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They are going, they say they're going to, uh, they're threatening more of these fires. Um, they said through their, their media channels that they will question you about the mountains. Say, my Lord will scatter them as ashes. Uh, says the text citing the Quran imposed over news photos from the blazes. So, yeah, they're taking credit for this. The Al-Qaeda propaganda comes shortly after 
um, one of the many media groups supporting ISIS operations online claimed that the deadly wildfires in northern and southern California are retribution for coalition bombings in Syria. The image circulated by Al-Ansar Media uses a photo of, of a burning building and misspelled the state, <laughs> California, with a K. Well, wait now. That might be right. accurate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, America, this is the punishment of bombing Muslims in Syria. This is Allah's punishment for you. And inshallah, you will see more fires, praise be to Allah. Campfire in uh, Butte County, north of Sacramento, in California's Gold Rush Company, country, uh, has claimed the lives of at least, I, I saw 66 over the weekend. This is 63. The blaze, which uh, started Thursday, has destroyed 9,844 residences, 336 commercial buildings, most destructive fire in the state's history. Uh, number was just updated. We're at 80 dead, almost 1,000 oh. missing. My gosh. 80 with 1,000 missing. Yeah, 77 from the campfire alone. That is frightening. Jeez. Um, so the cause of the fire is still under investigation right now, but this destroyed a town of about 27,000 people, Paradise, California, almost completely obliterated, almost completely gone. Uh, the Woolsey Fire has torched 98,362 acres in Ventura and Los Angeles counties uh, and was 69% contained by the weekend. The blaze resulted in the evacuation of Malibu, and there have been three fatalities, 616 structures destroyed with that one. And that cause of the blaze is also under investigation. So... Uh, according to Al-Qaeda, in America, there are more houses built in the countrysides than in the cities. It is difficult to choose a better place than in the valleys of Montana, where the population increases rapidly. In the year 2000, a fire that is considered to be the biggest in American history flared up in one of those valleys. It spread in a space equal to that of London. The fire burnt down 70 houses as well as a hundred car they're not very good at English. On July of the same year and in the same place, a thunderstorm lighted 78 massive blazes in just one day, most of them deadly firestorms. So they seem to be taking credit for all of this stuff. We mentioned such examples only to show the magnitude and the destruction, destructive impact that fires or fire bombs make. To then ask the question, is it possible for us to cause a similar destructive impact using a similar weapon? The answer is Yes, it is possible, even in a shorter time and with much bigger destructive impact. Wow. I mean, that would be a pretty effective form of terrorism if they do this. So, but it sounds and how like, hard would that be to do? Right. Uh, it sounds like they, they don't have any English speaking uh, American born terrorists anymore, like Gadan, um, <laughs> because whoever's writing their press releases now needs some assistance. I miss him too. Me too. I, I miss him. We lost him. Yep. In badly. what? 2013. It's been a while. Yeah. 2012. It hurts. You might remember Gadon the American who warned us. Pull every last one of your soldiers, spies, security, security advisors, advisors, trainers, attaches, hairdressers, out of every designers, interior decorators, to Zanzibar. Zanzibar. 
Should so much as one single Even one American soldier single or spy soldier. remain on Islamic soil, I'll give you such a hit. it shall be considered sufficient, sufficient justification for, for us to continue our defensive, defensive jihad, jihad against your nation and people. Ooh, that's Two. scary. Two. Stop all support and aid, all military, support. political, economic, or otherwise, or otherwise. to the 56-plus <laughs> apostate regimes so of the Muslim so world. Forth. Etc. Etc. You always bug me about Gaddan. I mean, yeah, I miss him. <clears throat> blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way he says Islamic. It's really? Islamic soil. It's not That's Islamic true. I know. soil. I don't like that either. I mean, where's Gaddan from anyway? Like, where was he originally? Wasn't from? he from California, or was that the that might have been another guy? Let's I don't know. Look it up. I'm doing. Look it, it up. Just got to tell you, Adam Gaddan. Let's see here. And he's we lost Born him in, in what year? Oregon? Lost him in 2015. He was uh, just 36 years old. <sighs> wow. He died in Pakistan wow. from a drone strike. Wow. Let's just pause him. Now that's enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens, you know, when you become a traitor against your own country. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, eventually we're going to find you with a heat-seeking missile. And, uh, and we finally did. Now, they reported him dead several times, and, but we didn't actually get him until 2015. So he was able to issue us a few warnings, but this was his, his uh, most popular. Pull every last one of your soldiers, soldiers spies, security, security advisors, advisors, trainers, trainers attaches, attaches, and so on. And so on. It's just not scary. You know, maybe they needed, they needed a different kind of <laughs> spokesperson, I think. Because that just didn't strike fear in the hearts of, uh, well, anybody, well, I don't think. struck fear in the hearts of interior designers. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. And maybe an attache or two <laughs> was a little nervous. I don't know. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, And at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Um, also, Georgia Southern is making diversity and inclusion classes. Oh, no. Mandatory, And by the way, Tulane has already done this. And so this is spreading throughout the country where when you come to school at these universities, you must be indoctrinated with their diversity and inclusion courses. Under the curriculum, all first and second year students will be required to take the courses. Uh, The move is a result of diversity and inclusion resolutions passed by the Georgia State uh, University Student Government Association. Oh, so the kids the kids this. Yeah. Yes, because this is what they get indoctrinated with in school, and then they get to college, and they're like, you know what? We're just not diverse enough. We're not inclusive enough. I can't continue to pay for additional courses and spend valuable time sitting through courses where a professor, professor is teaching people how to be kind to each other. Parents should be okay. teaching this at home for free, according to one. Pa- wow, what a hateful student See, this is! I was angry enough thinking, "Wow, they just had to sit through this. This is a course they have to pay for." Yeah, I'm gone. Isn't that Bye-bye. amazing? I was yeah. willing to sit there and mock it and mm-hmm. have fun, and even though I'm wasting my time, but yeah. they're saying pay for it. Well, yeah, yes, screw you. It's a paid for course. So, are you going to go? Uh, seriously, are you going to send your freshman? To Georgia State or to Tulane when they mandate it? Absolutely not. Nope. Is it Georgia Sorry. State or Georgia Southern? Which it's is- Georgia. Oh, it's Georgia Southern, right? So Georgia Southern. Wow. So that- not sending your kids. See, because Georgia State 
is in Atlanta. That would have made a little bit more sense. Georgia Southern is way down in Statesboro. It's in South, South Georgia. Good Lord. We're done. In what should be, you know, fairly, of course, that doesn't matter when it's a university because all the all the uh, colleges in Texas are pretty liberal, too. Yeah. UT, I mean, you're going to get quite an indoctrination at UT. I mean, it's out of control. It's completely out of control. Uh, Georgia Southern, Senator at Large, Keyshawn Housie, Housie member, member of the uh, GSU National Association for the Advancement of Color People, the NAACP at Georgia Southern, and members of the National Pan-Hellenic Council. Have you ever been a member of the Pan-Hellenic I want to be. Council? Yeah, it's, it sounds cool. What's a Pan-Hellenic? I have no idea. I mean, I'm going to find out right now. Collaborative organization. Well, it's a collaborative organization of uh, African-American fraternities and sororities. They authored this resolution. There's a lack of civil discourse about race. Is there? That's news to me. That's all we talk about anymore is race. Race and inclusion and diversity, that is all. We we, we worship at the altar of diversity now. But they say there's a lack of civil discourse about race, diversity, and inclusion due to a fear of backlash among faculty, staff, and students on this campus. Georgia Southern University is home to 20, wow, 27,459 students, yeah. of which... 10,720 identify as non-white campus-wide. So far, the only course offering that has been formally announced is LEAD 3900, which, in addition to relevant diversity programs, will be integrated into the Common Core curriculum of students starting in the fall of next year. Mm. That is wonderful. Is it? Good. That is so wonderful. Panhellenic (laughs) is... uh... Mm Mm-hmm. Is the um, historically African American international Greek letter fraternities and sororities? So these are uh, yeah, it's so, so there. So we have uh, fraternities and sororities getting together, making the rules. Yeah, that's oh, that's that's going to work out. Just you have a problem with that? That's great, Mister Hate Monger, mongering hate. Yeah, resolution also calls. Yeah, for SGA GSU's president cabinet. Uh, and the school's Presidential Diversity Advisory Council. Seriously, they've got it. They also have a Presidential Diversity Advisory Council to cooperate in creating an annual racial climate report. At this time, we're looking to build into into both the first year and second year experience courses, diversity and inclusion models that are integrated with an array of other assignments embedded throughout both courses. Stupid. We would like to integrate diversity and inclusion throughout the curriculum to reinforce the importance of this at many levels of the curriculum, not just a single course. So that's a great thing, too. Not only are they doing the mandatory courses for freshmen and sophomores, but they're going to integrate those uh, diversity programs into everything they do, into the other courses, into English, into math, into science, into history. (sighs) But I want to know what the fraternities... Don't, at, don't send your kids to Georgia, yeah. Georgia Southern. Don't do it. I want to know it. what the fraternities and sororities at Georgia Southern think about um, wow. common sense can good reform. I don't know. We need to have a conversation about it, though. I'll tell you that. Absolutely. We don't have enough conversation about can good reform. Man, there's, just, there's too many varieties of canned goods. Not everybody can is super excited on. about this. I don't... <laughs> uh, <laughs> no? No. Um, 
Matthew Frost, who's a second-year guy, says college is already expensive and stressful. Yeah. I can't continue to pay for additional courses and spend valuable time sitting through courses where a professor is teaching people how to be kind to each other. Parents should be doing this at home for free. I am black and Filipino. And I think this is one of those situations where, although the road is paved with good intentions, this was poorly executed, according to Junior Alfredo Small. So in other words, he agrees with, oh, we better be indoctrinated. Just don't make me pay for it. Okay, (laughs) got it. Indoctrinate (laughs) me for free. No, he actually he actually makes some sense here. Being that since this is a course that's required, this is going to generate more dissent from students. Classrooms are not an organic way to teach people to accept others. Thank you. You can't map out social change. You can't force it. Did, did a college student just make sense there? <laughs> Stop. Wow. How about that? Then we've got um, hate crimes being reported in Britain that in some cases, you know, you might struggle to find the hate here. Uh, They got about 2,500 alleged incidents that were logged by the Metropolitan Police uh, in 2015 and 2016. Here are some of those things. And again, keep in mind, this is the same. These are the same people that are doing the diversity course at Georgia Southern. The same (laughs) stinking people. One of the hate crimes, an envelope that somebody had in their mail had been opened and resealed. Hate crime. An accident involving a car that bore a remembrance poppy. I'm not sure how a remembrance poppy means, you know, serious racial hatred, but apparently it does. There was somebody reported a disputed line call in a tennis match as a hate crime. Um, somebody found a dead rat in a garden because no rat could ever die in some in someone's garden without somebody hatefully putting it there. <laughs> a man telling a library staffer he was campaigning for Brexit. Hate crime. Wait. A victim complained that an unknown dog pooped outside their home and they believe this was a racially motivated incident Wait, the dog is a racist the dog's a racist i guess oh wow i guess plus uh a woman put her ear up to her neighbor's door and heard them talking about her and they said they were trying gonna try to get her to move out and she reported that as a racial uh-huh. hate crime okay <clears throat> oh britain is done bye-bye All right, we will uh, be back tomorrow with much more fun and frivolity. Plus, you can check me out on uh, the Glenn Beck Radio Program next.